right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad that you're here. Hope you're having an incredible day, whatever you're doing, wherever in the world you are. As for me, like I just... I just touched down in Ithaca, New York, just uh, just literally one hour ago from a nice little trip to Los Angeles. I was there for a conference, got to see some old friends, make some new friends, and actually meet some of you, some of you all uh, who are listeners of the show. I actually got to talk to some of you guys, and that was really awesome experience. Thank you for you know just enjoying the time with me. But now I'm back in New York. And we're back at it with these technicals. So let's go ahead and talk about valuation. That's the subject that we're on now. And some more advanced valuation topics. Here's today's question. How do you use equity research projections for public comparables? How do you use equity research projections for public comparables? Now let's go ahead and talk about this. Let's say that you're working on figuring out the valuation of some target company. And we know that public comparables, or sometimes we refer to it as comparable companies, this is one of our main three pillars of valuation. So if we want to use this method as part of our process, we'll want to actually look at some companies, right? Now, equity research reports might be useful in this case because these types of reports have detailed financial information on publicly traded companies. Essentially, they're professional opinions about the fundamentals of a company, how things have gone in the past, and also a prediction of how things might go in the future. And there are many, many firms that produce such reports. Banks produce these reports with their equity research divisions and asset management firms. There are a lot of different financial companies that create reports about specific companies. But how do we know how we should approach looking at these when we're looking at comparables? The way that I think about this is I kind of kind of role play for a moment. Think or pretend that you're a journalist or an investigative reporter. And your goal is to get the most accurate and reliable information possible, because that's what's going to make your story great. That's how I think about this. So there's a lot of different reports out there, a lot of different opinions about different stocks, different companies. This is overvalued. This is un undervalued. There's great prospects for this company or terrible prospects. You're going to see every opinion under the sun, but there would usually be a general market consensus around a particular company and also from a broader macro view, a particular industry at any given point in time. So the way that I would approach this is if you remember the concept of a sensitivity analysis where we have this range of estimates based on different variables, you could approach the analyst reports that have numbers that are, let's say, in the middle of the range of estimates that you're expecting. So let's say you're expecting certain EBITDA numbers or earnings per share numbers within a certain range. And if you find a report that has the numbers that are around the middle of that range, well, that tells you something. That tells you that maybe whoever wrote this report is not necessarily being too conservative, but also not necessarily 
being too aggressive in their assumptions. Now, of course, you don't know this for sure because uh, there's so many factors that go into it, but hey, it might be a signal for you. So that's one way you could approach it. Another way you could look at these equity research reports is to look for the one that is the most detailed, the one that has the most information in it about the particular company. Now, it's important to note that detail and quantity, it's not always a proxy for quality by any means, but it may still be a useful clue as to the usefulness of the projections that you're looking at. So if you see a research report that's really well put together, the logic is sound, the the assumptions make sense, then it's easier to trust the output or the recommendation of that research report. And of course, this depends highly upon what you're looking at, but it's another way you can help kind of screen for quality. So just for fun, I decided to pull up an equity research report. I'm just looking at a Charles Schwab report for Etsy, ticker symbol ETSY. And there's a lot of information that I'm looking at, mostly historical information, but there are some projections in here. For example, there's an annual earnings forecast section for the company for both 2023 at the end of 2023, as well as the full year 2024, and then an estimate for the growth rate in the next five years. So I could look at this and see, okay, the next five-year growth rate for this company is expected to be 16%, but there's only one number of forecasts there. So obviously that's not a good sample size. But if I look at the forecasts, number of forecasts for earnings growth for 2024, there's 21 forecasts that are being aggregated for this data. And they're giving me a range of $2.34 per share at the low end all the way up to $3.33 per share up on the high end. So I can see, okay, there's a bunch of, of companies that are predicting that Etsy's earnings are going to be within this range. All right, I might be able to use that and look at the mean number, $2.83 within my valuation model, potentially. Now, this is super simplistic. There's actually not a ton of project, projection information here just because this is a very simple equity research report from Schwab, but there's, you know, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it is just looking at what numbers are there and then trying to make an assessment based on the sample size, based on the ranges and kind of going from there. And I'm sure I'll learn more about this once I get knee deep into it in my own um, internship experience and full-time experience as a banker. But for now, that's how I'm thinking about it. Okay. That's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. Hope you're having a great day or evening, whatever the case may be. And I will see you next time. Have a wonderful day.